Hello and welcome. I'm Brian Pace Braga, and you're listening to Building Business and Balance Conversations with BPB. I created this podcast for anyone looking for insight, mentorship, and guidance from someone who's been there and back again on the road to success. I'm so excited to bring the most brilliant thought leaders and friends on air with me to get real about what it means to build business and balance and how you define your own success. This episode features my new yet close friends and power couple, Mimi and Alex Icon. The Icons are successful entrepreneurs several times over, working both together and separately on multiple businesses, passion projects, and a podcast. Notably, They're the co-founders of the productivity engine, Intelligent Change, which has brought life revolutionary wellness products to the world like the 5-Minute Journal, which I personally use often and it has transformed my days. Take a listen as the three of us talk about how they met, what it's like to work with your life partner, how grateful we have been to be fired in our lives, and the power of believing in what's possible and manifesting it towards reality. The opportunities can be all around you for relationships, for business, for career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you're, if it's not part of your vision, if you don't believe that this mm-hmm. was possible, is it gonna just miss you by? Let's get into my conversation with Mimi and Alex. Uh, Mimi and Alex, thank you for having me again. Um, I don't think either of you know how much of a save this is that I don't have to set up this technical uh, uh, contraptions in my in my own office. I don't have my good friend West here that usually sets us up. So thanks for having me in your home. It's a pleasure. And it's a good kit. So hopefully this sounds good. Yeah, I might be uh, having other interviews in here, you guys, <laughs> before you know it. <laughs> for sure. Camera set up, cruise. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Maybe, thank, thank you for you. inviting us, Brian. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you both. Um, as I was mentioning, um, you know, this is an important podcast for me. You're the first couple that I've had um, on the podcast. Nice. And it's uh, a major curiosity point for me in my life right now um, to speak to a successful couple, um, both professionally and personally, as I go through life and learn more about um, what it means to have success Mm -hmm. individually and then with someone else. So um, I look forward to getting through all this. I do have a few questions that I've that I've um, uh, put together, and I think Alex, it starts with you, because we met randomly mm-hmm. here in London through a friend, Dan Daggers. Yeah, and I remember when I met you, you were you were glowing, like you had this, this had energy. Nice. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, that was, was just Dan. a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I know it was Dad and oh, you. I wasn't you know, I didn't know what was going on, but um, no, I I felt this this energy. And um, I might have been really excited for the tacos. About the <laughs> I don't know if it was that. No, you, you yeah. have you have this this energy about you. Perfect. Thank and you. Yeah. No, thank you for it. And and um, not only that, we then had lunch, and you walked me through meeting Mimi. Um, do you mind touching on you know where you've and it, it's going to be a, maybe a long answer, but where you find this sustaining energy to to go and approach life as positive as you do and um and then transition into what it was like meeting Mimi the love of your life at such a young age yeah for sure I I think most importantly thank you again for having us on it's a pleasure to you know be on there I'm sure we'll share with um, our 
uh, you know, friends as well uh, to listen to this. It's always get to. It's always great to have somebody else take a different perspective. And as we talked about when we had you on, it's like a therapy session. So thank you for <laughs> <laughs> allowing us to uh, reflect. Maybe you should do this weekly. You know, it's a weekly <laughs> therapy <laughs> session for us. Exactly. Oh. I don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and you know, for for us, uh, I met Mimi. I was probably. 18 19 years old i think you were yeah. 19 yeah yeah so i was uh and it was pretty crazy because i remember i got i applied to work at cibc canadian oh. imperial bank of commerce in canada uh, at retail branch because i was i was being smart because before i went to university and to go to business school i said i'm going to get a a job at the bank get my experience and then while i'm uh, because i have to work uh because of just my family didn't have money so i said i'll work through university and have a great experience come out of university and have you know um lots of experience education and i'll be set and most of i think the most important thing that came out of working at the bank was meeting mimi <laughs> and i'm really grateful for canadian imperial bank of commerce uh because it truly changed both our lives and so cibc was was your form of tinder I yeah i think <laughs> and that's the thing it's like because i i missed that we both missed that whole age of what dating is like now because now you know we we just celebrated this year our 10 year wedding anniversary and when when i tell people i've been married for 10 years and i have a, a four-year-old daughter they're like what like what she's not four yet but almost yeah, there almost <laughs> yeah and, and at the, well, she's yeah in the month and at the same time, we've been able to, you know, build successful businesses, scale them, sell them, um, have other things on the go. And, and we're speaking about this the other day. I still consider us super lazy. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, uh, we're not utilizing our full potential <laughs> of what we're capable of. But from the outside, it may seem like, how do they do this all? Mm -hmm. um, so I think through this conversation, we can break a lot of kind of perceive things and, and be very transparent but it all really starts with that journey i think like for all of us is when we are single we still want to meet the one to a certain degree you know and i remember being those times when we were looking you know it's even and what's the a lot of times our strive for success especially as men i think is to have somebody of the opposite sex to a certain degree to have for some maybe it may be lots mm. uh, but for me it was just finding kind of that one that partner in life uh, i guess maybe i'm old school romantic in that way <laughs> and um so a lot of my strive for success was i think to find a partner and to be that somebody were you aware of that at that at, at, at the right age of 18 i think okay. so yeah i think because that come from your parents um I think as the way my mother has raised me, it's always about being a gentleman, taking care of uh, your lady, you know, or really just people in your life. And obviously to do that, you have to <laughs> be able to have resources to do that. Mm -hmm. And I was fortunate enough because uh, at a very early age when we immigrated to Canada, uh, I was forced to work. I didn't have a choice because if I'd be like, hey, mom, can you give me like 20 bucks to go to the movies? She'd be like, I, we don't have 20 like i don't have money for you so i had to figure out how to make money and you know even my mother can always recall these stories when when i was like 11 years old um, i had these gigs where i would make cash i would sell flowers on 
strip mall plaza parking lots um, and make cash like on weekends that's how I'd make money and I would be able to like take my family to the scene tower restaurant and like treat them and I would have basketballs and clothes and things like that that I was able to buy so from an early age uh, also money was a driver and at the same time uh, I wasn't really good with girls and maybe Mimi yeah. <laughs> he's good with the one that matters uh, yeah, yeah and i good think answer. and i think i think one of the things to cover here is uh, there's a lot of uh, crisis in regards to self-identity that we have for our reasoning of why we want certain things where, where whether that is money or relationship or it's like we're, a lot of times we're not being fully authentic with even ourselves. And for even at a young age, I remember uh, because I myself would not be who I am and I'll be putting up a front and I would read things like the game, uh, you know. Oh my God. Have you read it? Yes. Reddit, gone through it, know mm-hmm. about it. What a mess. But you know, he wrote another book on the truth. Yeah, the truth, yes, the truth yes. is amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, it. Way better. So speaking about the but the kind game, of, oh my God. The yeah. evolution of the game, right? Yeah. The truth. And it's, it's great that he wrote that other book. Uh, Keep the mess. game, go straight to the truth. Yeah, exactly. And, and the truth. That's and the advice for a 19-year-old male. Exactly. <laughs> for any male to honestly yes. at, w- at whatever age is that the truth is no pickup lines or tricks will work because even if you succeed in attracting the opposite sex but it, you're not being your authentic self you will shoot yourself in the foot or whatever the expression goes because you will not be happy. And but I, how did you know that at that age? Or how did you, was it a moment of, and I, I'll, I'll come to meet me, mm. but was it a moment of, um, like, did the light shine down from heaven on Mimi? Was it, were you just in this state of mind where like, no, I'm, I'm mature enough to, to be good enough and strong enough for, for a woman? No, Is I, it, because um, like, I know what my, at that age, I wasn't, you know, yeah. I wasn't even close yeah, I think for me, like say, be more old school romantic. I did just want to find the one. I didn't want many girls, I and was that was clearer to you. That was clearer to me. Great. Like I, I didn't want you know many. I just, I just want a one, and I'll have been happy. And like I said, I struggled even in my kind of teenage years. I didn't really, I didn't think of myself that attractive. I didn't. I thought of myself. I think as a lot of us teenagers do, we're awkward. We're, you know, <laughs> we, we yeah, teenage years are tough. Yeah, yeah. and and um, I wasn't really good with girls. And at some points, Mimi would be like, "This is not wrong to say, but she, my sister would be like, what's wrong with you? Like, are you gay? Like, are you what's oh. are you not?'" And so oh. I'll be shamed because my sister is very blunt and straight up. And then, was she older? Or is she older? Yeah, she's or older. She's older. And she'll be you know like dating like crazy. And here I am, I can't find one girlfriend. <laughs> and she's like, oh, my brother's such a loser. <laughs> and the reason I say that, I think it's important to know, is like uh, to get that picture perspective of, of Alex being between, you know, ages of 14 to 18, being very awkward. I lost my virginity probably super late, uh, you know, and it was, that was awkward too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good for you. And, yeah. And, and before that, I didn't have that many relationships. And I had uh, one um, kind of this one girl that I met on my trip to Russia. I did this epic road trip 
uh, I believe I was 18 years old and we went from Finland all the way across Russia to like almost to Kazakhstan. Uh, I live kind of, I come from around there and with my friend I met somebody and I thought same thing. I'm like, Oh, this is the one and I was going to get married. And at that time, me, when Mimi and I met, we're both in relationships. Well, long I got, I then got into this long distance relationship Mm -hmm. Mimi was already in one. So when I first met her and I was signing a contract for my job and she came in, uh, I'm like, wow. And, and the, the, the crazy Sorry, thing what is, did you say? I, was, I, was like, I was like, wow, like she's hot. Uh, and, and, and the thing is, the craziest thing is when I got the role, because I was already working at CIBC at a different branch, the retail level. Um, when I, I said I was going to be promoted to go to a different branch, my assistant manager's like, oh, in that branch, Mimi works there. She's like, she's like, she's hot, man. So you're lucky. Oh my! God. So I was already, I was already aware. Perfect uh, of her, <laughs> and, and so, so we kind of, you know, headed there. And long story short, to kind of communicate, how do I really know and all this stuff? That relationship that I was in, that was my first love. Mm -hmm. uh, I admit it. So I like to say, like, I was really in love. I thought I was gonna marry that girl, and she broke my heart because i knew that the and this is the thing i think the important thing in relationships it has to feelings have to be mutual and a lot of times people force themselves into relationships because like, that's fine and now one sometimes one of the parties just settles right because it's comfortable because it's comfortable you're like you know let's just okay whatever he's a nice guy or she's a nice girl okay like at least i have somebody because at the end of the day one of our biggest fears in humans is like we don't want to be alone mm. and i had that we all that's what i'm kind of talking about it and but at that point i understood she doesn't really have the same feelings that i have for her so i have to break it off and I would fly around the world, like halfway around the world to like surprise her. And, and I remember that one time I did and she just wasn't that happy to see me that I just showed oh. up at her door from uh, traveling across the world. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. Uh, and, but I was heartbroken. And I think as I communicate to you a few in our conversations is that in that low, in that challenge of like, I'm such a loser, <laughs> Uh, and so many uh, different areas, not just that, but many things in my life at that point, you know, not being financially stable, of course, having that dream you want to be. I think as young, you kind of expect and want things, you want everything to work out <laughs> right away. And, but in that relationship though, of being kind of a way rejected to a certain degree and, and, and not really always being that favorite guy who girls would kind of maybe show attention to you or maybe they did i just was clueless now i'm like oh my god there were so many girls i showed interest i just didn't understand it <laughs> <laughs> and i think a lot of us are like that um and and into that when then mimi got out of her relationship her how long was that not long and it wasn't that serious i mean it was just a relationship but i feel like with long distance it's you know, even if it's a longer period of time because you're not seeing each other so frequently, it's not the same level of depth of or connection or intimacy naturally, right? So maybe a year at the most, it wasn't a long relationship. So when we kind of talked... I want to hear Mimi's side of the story. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Uh, go, but, but, go, but go ahead, go ahead. No, but I think the thing <laughs> I want to mention here is that and you can... 
like I said, we were, we would as coworkers, and I think working somewhere is a great place potentially to meet somebody because you spend a lot of time together. You can hear, you know, a lot of that cooler talk, you know, just speaking. And cooler talk. <laughs> Literally, yeah. It's, it's very yeah. corporate, you know. <laughs> but, but it's at the same time, you kind of get to know each other. And, and Mimi, through that time of working together, we probably worked together for, yeah, as you said, more than a year before anything we thought about it. And coworkers would hint like, oh, you guys, you know, should date. You guys are kind of cute to, for each other. Um, and through that conversation, especially when we kind of both broke it off, and we started talking, there was that kind of light. I thought she was out of my league, you know, like until she was older than me at that point One by year. year. But when you're still older than you by year. <laughs> yeah. But when you're like 19 and the girl's 20, you're like, okay, she's probably dating 25 year olds that have, you know, uh, same thing, have more resources, have better things and more stable uh, than this guy who was just about to go to university and is young. And, there was that moment I, we both recall when we we're just in my cubicle and she was there and we we're just speaking um, and we'd just be speaking on the same wave wavelength in regards to even though, yes, we're in suburban Richmond Hill, you know, suburb of Toronto, um, <laughs> working at a retail bank branch and just living these average lives, we'd be speaking about how we want to, you know, travel the world and you know, have business and be independent and have freedom, you know, and that we both were on that same wavelength. And at, at West, one of the, I think the things we that we have I, the same vision, same yeah. vision, same we're connected vision. on that. Yeah. Sure. And values yeah. in regards to what we're both into. Um, so that's kind of my side in regards to early stages uh, by wondering, like, and for me, from that moment, I was like, yeah, but I still at that point, I didn't think I had a chance. And that was a year after you actually met. Yeah. Okay. And I want to come back though to the energy that I met you with. So I'll come back to that, but I want to hear Mimi. I'm, and now I'm glowing. Maybe that's why I'm You're glowing. glowing right? because You're glowing. because of Mimi. No? You're glowing. And you always glow when I see you. So um, Mimi, what was it like for you? And, and, and I think I want to ask you mm-hmm. the same question. Um, meeting someone so young um, in a world today that it seems like you know, and I don't know the stats behind it, but it feels like, at least for friends of mine, people are getting married later, mm-hmm. they're dating more, you know, they're kind of pushing back this sense of commitment. Mm-hmm. So what was it like meeting Alex? It's an and- interesting question you ask, um, because I feel like internally, I always wanted to commit early and start a relationship early and even get married and have kids early because I wanted to be a young parent. But in reality, even when we started dating, it wasn't easy for Alex to get a yes from me. And he will be honest to admit that I think I rejected him like four five times. times. Five times. I, don't, I, I lost track. I lost. Um, because I always felt like if it's the right person, <laughs> if it's the right guy for me, he would work hard for the relationship. And oftentimes before Alex... I. I would say you are my first serious relationship. I've dated before, but it was never long-term serious. The guys these days, I'm not trying to generalize, but I think most women would agree with me. I would say, again, oftentimes the guys would give up easily if the woman rejects them. But I think it's so important, again, to keep in mind why the rejection happens. And also, if you feel in your heart like it's the right person, it's so important to just keep going after what you believe in, not like in a stalker kind of way, but if you truly believe, 
you have to go after it and not take no for an answer. And this is what Alex taught me early on in our relationship is persistence really can win over anything. Because I just, I mean, maybe I'll, I'll just skip over to the part where we started dating, which was an interesting part because... Can I ask a quick question yeah, yeah, first? Of course. Does it have, in your mind, does it have to be the male or can it be the female that is persistent? 100% doesn't have to be the male. Okay. It can be the female and... But someone has to take the lead, you, yeah, you feel... Somebody has to take charge. And in right. fact, like Alex will agree that he always says, I actually ask him out. He mm. always would say, oh, I'm going to the cottage or I'm going... Uh, camping or whatever, I would be like, "Oh, cool! That that sounds great." But he would like never follow up, and actually, I'll be a bit passive. I wouldn't exactly, give but I would like actually mention like, "Oh, that sounds great! Like, when are you guys going?" Um, kind of keep it open ended, but he never ever actually followed through to invite me to any of these well, things. I think the thing is, if and this goes, the lesson applies to relationships, but also to business and uh, career or yeah. anything. If you don't believe in the possibility mm. of something happening, it's not going to happen. You just mm. don't see it. Because it could, it's not in your yeah. peripheral. Like the opportunities can be all around you for relationships, for business, for career. Mm. Yeah. But if you're, if it's not part of your vision, if you don't believe that this mm -hmm. is possible, it's going to just miss you by. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the lesson even like mm -hmm. if for me personally, I can recall now. I'm like, oh my, yeah, there's so many opportunities. And now I think that's the thing is once you start tuning in, into these different vibrations, you start seeing opportunities. Like as you were speaking before, this podcast started about business and things like that. You know, because you've now been in this long enough, you're able to spot opportunities. Like, I don't know the stuff that you're working on. I don't even know the thing that you described. You know? <laughs> what? But, but you're like, Metals yeah, for you're, my phone and my you know, Tesla? What? Yeah, you're like, you're like, yeah, these whatever micro chemicals and the nutrients. I don't know. Metals? But you then describe it. And I'm like, oh, snap. You know, that's huge. That That's I don't even, you know, I thought I was financially illiterate, but you're, you know, you're speaking about the whole thing thing. And the same thing happens in the relationship. And so with Mimi, I think, uh, I, I think we really do need to get into because Mimi wrote a whole book about it uh, to kind of describe some of these things, which because uh, uh, kind of Mimi wrote a whole book about the bingo theory, talking about the masculine feminine uh, energy and how that works. But if it wasn't for Mimi, just saying hey I, I, because she was gonna go away she was gonna leave everything you can tell that story of yeah basically to make the really long story short we were sort of not dating i wouldn't like flirting really flirting had you been on a date together no, no, not, that. At that, not at that point okay. and then i make a decision um to move back to azerbaijan this is where i come from i grew up and was raised in Baku, Azerbaijan, for people who are not familiar, because most people probably don't know where that is. It used to be part of USSR. And I moved to Canada when I was 16 and never thought I would ever move back. But after spending, you know, about six years at that point, or maybe less, I think, five years, I can't remember. I'm not great with numbers. <laughs> after spending a few years in Canada and like working really hard, I was... Um, you know, I went to college, I was working two, three jobs, helping my parents pay mortgage. I was just like burnt out at, in my early 20s. And then I went back home for the summer, not for the summer, maybe like for a couple of weeks. And I had such a great time. 
And I was just thinking, what am I doing with my life? Mm. I just want to have a balance, <laughs> you know, kind of what mm. you're also part Trying of your, to achieve, yes. you know, part of what your focus is now. <laughs> yeah. And I realized I didn't have that in my life in Canada. All I was doing is working. I had no relationships, literally not even a day off, like half mm. a day off maybe, but I would be sleeping because I was so exhausted. So I make a decision to move back to Azerbaijan because when I went in the summer, I got all these opportunities my way because now I was a Canadian and like I spoke fluent English and people were just really excited. And I said, if you move back, you'll have so many more opportunities. So I quit my job, sell my car, like quit all my jobs. Um, I quit school before that. That's another story. <laughs> and then I just tell Alex that I'm going back and I really want to go ice skating. That was like my last wish before I left Canada is to go ice skating because at that point they didn't have a skating rink. And I said, if you find me skates, we can go together. So, so that was the her asking you out on a date. Basically. But if you think about it, I didn't even think about it. You can rent skates yourself for the <laughs> easily. So the, the whole finding... But I didn't even realize I was asking him so, out. So the whole finding me <laughs> skates is like a challenge. And to me, as soon as she said that, I was like, oh my God, I have a, there's a possibility. Yeah. You know, I, I think she's actually like kind of open to like us you know, seeing each other outside of work. And wow. to me, that was like a big green light. And to me, like once you give me the green light, that's when my persistence kicks in. I don't give up then. <laughs> and like, this is possible. Never. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, and I was like, okay, cool. I called one of my uh, friends who was actually living with us at that time because um, we didn't have enough money and we were renting a spare room in our condo so we can pay rent with my mom so just to give you a story or perspective kind of uh, the, the the current times we we're living in then and i said hey do you have skates and um i believe his uh, cousin cousin had skates that were mimi size and same thing i didn't even think about that i could have went to canadian tire bought some skates for her or <laughs> or uh rented them uh anyways got lucky that my friend ended up having skate, uh, women's skates, Mimi's size, and we went out uh, to skating rink. I, I'm not, same thing, don't be afraid to look like a fool. He didn't know I how to skate I don't know at all. how to skate, even though I'm Russian living in Canada. <laughs> what do you mean? The Russians are great at hockey. Exactly. Come on, living in Canada. I think it was his first time on exactly. skates. It was like one of my first times on skates, and oh horrible. Gosh. And here I'm usually... Like, it gave him a lot of opportunities to hang out to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing the opposite of what girls do, right? But same thing, not afraid of, of being a little vulnerable and doing my best. And we still had a fun. We had lots of laughs. And after that, we said, hey, let's go grab some sushi. And that's when it was like, I guess, a date. And from then on, our kind of relationship started. And what Mimi is saying, even though everything was flowing so well, and we had a connection, there was chemistry, it was, everything was great. And I, talking about the truth, I knew at that point, because I was kind of trying to do the game stuff, and I would end up being the wrong, like, even, it was never relationships, but I would end up attracting the wrong girls, because I would try to end up being the wrong guy, you know, try to be buff and uh, do get protein shakes and, uh, you know, be very macho and, and masculine. Uh, where in re reality I'm a very romantic, soft guy. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I like to put on candles and give her flowers and, and arrange flowers, arrange flowers. <laughs> arrange flowers, right? That's the way my mom raised me. And 
so after I date and I knew she's probably going to get scared, but I'm like, I want to send her flowers to work. And I sent her flowers. <laughs> this is the funnest. But were you not? But were you not working together still? We were. We were. But it was my. I was. It was my day off. And I was I'm like, I'll send her flowers when I'm not Brilliant. working. And uh, and I didn't sign the the card with my name. I just uh, signed uh, the card with a quote from one of her favorite authors, which in the book, which is The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Yeah, beautiful. And the quote is, "It's the possibility of the dream come true that makes life exciting." Beautiful. Uh, Paulo Coelho. And that was what it was signed. So you can tell when you got those flowers what happened. <laughs> well, I, you have to keep in mind, I was moving back to Baku, Azerbaijan with no intention to move back to Canada. How, how long after that? Like how long after oh, the Oh, maybe in like three, four weeks. Like okay. this was, I already had my flight. These were the, the last weeks at work. Um, and I really didn't want to start. I mean, I was kind of dating at the same time, like I was just like going on dates with guys because, you know, I was early 20s and I was seeing one other guy and this date happened with Alex. And then I get these flowers and I see the quote and I think, who are the flowers from? Because both of them knew about this book. So I text the first guy. I'm like, did you send me flowers? And then I get, no, <laughs> I'm like, okay, you're out. <laughs> but then I felt really bad for Alex because he was definitely in the friend zone and I didn't see him. Like I knew that we had a great connection as friends, which now I didn't know at the time, but now I think is the most important thing about any relationship is to have that foundation as friendship. Because if you have friendship, you can go through anything in life, but at the time, I thought I'm looking for some mad chemistry. The macho guy like with, falling the, with the protein love. shakes. <laughs> no, not really. But I don't know what I was looking for. You know, we're sold all these dreams through Disney movies and all these movies that we watch as kids. And I was, I was just so taken back by the fact that he would send me flowers because I didn't think he would do that. And then I felt bad because I thought I'm leading him on and I'm moving in three weeks. I have no intention of starting anything. So that's the first time I shut him down. And he just, you know, he didn't give up. He said, I'm coming um, right now to pick you up from work and we're going to bubble tea and I want to talk to you. And I was like, no, guy. No, it was that day. We had bubble tea was like the last one, I think. That was one of the last. Oh, maybe you're right. Actually, the bubble tea was like that. That was the break. Was the first date or the the, sorry the second date? No, no, no. I I think then kind of was just you know the usuals, kind of going to dinner, probably something. But but I think what we're trying to say in these kind of the persistent uh, motive, and when somebody may turn you down. You have to understand the reasoning for why you may get rejected. I think the reason... Say, yeah, because the, I tried to shut him down on the text, which I'm sure a lot of people do this yeah, Especially days. now. Yeah, and he was just not taking it. He's like, I want to see you in person very calmly. I'm coming and we're going to talk and we'll just go for coffee. Or I don't remember where we went. But um, that was the first time we sat down and he said, are you having fun? I said, yes. Um, are you having a good time with me? Yes. So why are you shutting me down? Let's just have fun. Like, it doesn't have to be anything serious. We're not getting married tomorrow. Like, can we but just, really he can we just continue? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he had that in mind. But he's like, can we just continue what we're doing? And I said, yes. And then I would freak out like a week later. Um, and that happens several times in that month frame before I moved back to Azerbaijan. And we, and through these weeks that kind of were in that short span of, 
I think, you know, in terms of like infatuation and that glimpses of, of love and that chemistry feeling, like, you know, you're on sort of like drugs to a certain degree. Yeah. And the thing is, like I said, Mimi would, we would have this high of like this great date and then she would just turn me down. Like, I remember one time we're driving home from a date and we're literally like laughing. It was such a good time. And she's like, ah, it's just not going to work. <laughs> and as a guy you're just like your head is literally exploding because you're like what the like what kind of, like you're like what kind of mind games is this like we just had an incredible like was there was it was there a book called the game for women or no, something or no? i think it's I, I don't think i know it's the fear yeah fear falling of in love fear is very scary, scary. Yeah. and for me that was the first time i like genuinely fell in love and knew that there was an opportunity of something great and although a lot of us can say publicly, oh, I want to be in a relationship, I want to attract it, the moment you actually are presented with the opportunity, a lot of people self-sabotage. And this is exactly what I was doing. I was building walls and I didn't want to let him in because it was so scary to let go and let somebody into my heart because you don't know what can happen to your heart. They could get broken. Um, you know, anything could happen at that point. So... A, I was leaving <laughs> to move to another country, and B, you know, I was scared to fall in love. And it takes for a very courageous and also patient and compassionate man to kind of stick with that woman, or a woman, right? Because it could go either way. When somebody's scared, when he asked me all these questions, I could understand that what I was doing had like made no logical sense. <laughs> It was just purely emotional yeah. and I was self-sabotaging. But if he had given up, we wouldn't be here today. And most people would have given up because this was very much harshly <laughs> trying to tell him it's not going to work and we have no future. And the last time he sat me down, just to end this whole story mm -hmm. you know, of the back and forth, but I think this was a pivotal moment. This was the fourth or the fifth time I told him it's not going to work. I'm literally going away in a week. Like, why are you even trying? And this is the bubble tea time. When we sat down at this bubble tea, I remember exactly where that it was. Like, it was yesterday. And I looked him straight in the eye and I said, why do you keep trying? Like, I don't understand. Like, just give up. And he looked me straight in the eyes and he said, because I can see this. I can see this working. And as I looked in his eyes, I could see it. And I was like, whoa, this is really crazy. So because he vision. was so convinced. He was so genuine. And I just felt, I saw it as well. And I didn't obviously tell him in that moment, but I was... I was aware that I could see the same vision that he could finally like click. Um, and then from then on, I, I, I kind like, of uh, opened up and let him in. And but one of the, one of the things I want to beautiful. kind of love a good love story. Yeah. <laughs> kind of uh, the point that I want to bring to this, cause there's so many different, uh, different ways to have takeaways here. And the biggest one I see is you can do the same thing in your same thing, career, finance, business, people do the same thing. They reach a certain point of success where they're really close, whether they get that job they always dreamed of or that business that they're running. And they're like, and they start getting this imposter syndrome and they just sabotage themselves. Mm -hmm. And this is why it's so important uh, to do this work on yourself daily and 
have this also exercises of visualizing and creating that vision for yourself something that we you know we always talk about as a couple or even as a person for yourself individually or for your business the most successful ones in all these different areas they all have a vision towards the future without a vision for where you're going towards you're like just blind and once you have that even though like it may be not be like your final destination but it's, it's a certain point that you're going towards it's going to make your journey a lot better and you're not even if you start trying to run away you kind of then remind yourself like well this is your vision and this is where you yourself set out to go but I think I, yeah, I agree, and I think it's important, at least in my experience, that visions can also evolve, right? Of course, Absolutely. And, it, and it takes yeah. communication, openness, transparency. It's not black and white. Yeah, it's not black and white. It evolves, needs, desires, mm-hmm. wants. Um, I, uh, I admittedly, um, as I tuck my tail between my legs, mm-hmm. never, uh, never had a vision for myself till after thirty years old. I built all these businesses. Had but mission, you had financial vision. Mission, yeah, I, I, I had financial vision, but I had, I had, and I had many mission and vision statements and mm-hmm. core values. Less so core values for the businesses then, but because um, it was just all you know, try to drive and and, and make monetary uh, gains. But I finally did a vision uh, for myself mm-hmm. because my life coach at the time, um, incredible guy, said like, you know, you should do a vision for yourself, and I was like, duh. <laughs> But I haven't. Exactly, right? But I, yeah, but I haven't done it. So, so you guys. It sounds, but the thing is, when you even said that, duh, the thing is, it sounds so simple. Right. Right? Like, how many people yeah. actually do it? Mm-hmm. And, and, you're, and even the Numbers, exercise of, yeah. of kind of doing it, you may think, like, why am I doing this? Um, and to your point, I think the two factors that play into it, let's say creating a vision, is also the. Uh, understanding that life has its own forces and you have to like go in moments so even let's say in that moment when Mimi, Mimi had a whole vision at that point that she's gonna move away all of a sudden this guy who was there all the time all of a sudden starts acting and you know kind of showing up and being persistent and in that moment same thing she may have said hey you know I have this vision to go to this country so like tough luck uh, but at the same time I was kind of said hey like still do it i still encourage her to move she still moved so i didn't also and that's another lesson to kind of guys don't be like forceful uh, force mm-hmm. and kind Let of try it, yeah. to control situation like when you uh, there's a lot of power and actually uh letting go well yeah mm-hmm. letting go and just be like you know no like you got to do this you got to experience mm-hmm. it you're already committed to doing it. i said no i still go i'm not saying like please what's stay. meant to be yours will you be know yours, you, we're yeah. in this deep passionate love together i said no like stay go you know check it out uh and i hope for the best and i would like <laughs> go to her parents house i would we already become friendly and we have I'll bring her them cake. I'll be already on good <laughs> kind of, <laughs> and we would talk about Mimi and, and her coming back. So uh, it was it was all good, you know. So and then when did you guys meet again? I came back a and month more. later. Because you missed him? No, it wasn't that. Well, I obviously missed him, but <laughs> no. he also was open to moving. Because my initial goal was to come to Azerbaijan. If that didn't work, I would go either to Dubai or London. Because as a Canadian, you can pretty much go live anywhere and work anywhere until you're like 32 and this was the perfect time to do it and then this thing happens I go to Azerbaijan and I just feel like it's not going to work anymore it's one thing to go on a holiday 
you feel like everything is rosy and perfect. And then when it, the, re, the real life hits you, I realized in order to really make money there, it's there's still quite a lot of corruption. And for me, that's just not the way of life. So I, I realized it would be a great time yeah, to spend a few weeks with my family. But ultimately, after about two and a half weeks, I knew it's not going to... I was just kind of running away from my life in Toronto. But... I wasn't running to the right place. So because obviously we kept in touch throughout the whole period, writing emails, like long emails every day to each other, I just thought, okay, well, I'll go back. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't care because I'm following my personal journey and my my intuition. And it doesn't matter what other people would think of my decision to quit my job then go back. I literally had like a going away party at the bank with presents and everything. <laughs> And then I sent an, an email to my manager. I'm like, I'm coming back. And in fact, I got a raise. So it was everything. They just said, we're not going to have another going away party when you quit. But everything worked out of my benefit. When I went back instantly, we obviously were already in a relationship. And the really powerful thing that happened when we became a couple is that everywhere we went, it's almost we would get these signs that we're meant to be together. It's like we'd go to a coffee shop, we'd get free coffee, we'd get free tickets, we'd get all these things. It's almost like the synergy of getting the right, two right energies together. It's like, it's not like 50% and 50% makes 100. It's like 100 and 100 becomes mm. a thousand or a million. I don't know, but we could feel that energy and that effect that we have also on the people outside. Um, and we just knew that we had something special that we have to hold on to each other. Well, I've witnessed yeah. to it, so the flame is still the flame is still going. You know, the flame is still burning. So um, I love it. I love a good love story. Yeah. So good. Um, how 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 do you recommend Mimi? Um, I think you say some really important things mm -hmm. there about you know you're trusting your sounds like more your heart than maybe your gut, but you're trusting mm -hmm. this feeling. You left unashamed mm -hmm. a job. Um, and I talk to many people, I'm sure you guys do too, that are so unhappy. Mm -hmm. They're so fearful of, you know, can yeah. you walk through as you're nodding and you yeah. know exactly where I'm going. Yeah. Do you mind walking through that early 20 year old self yeah, yeah. that just went with it? And, and then just also just remind people what were all those great things that came from just going with it? I had basically existential not panic attacks, but these periods where I literally would go in the bathroom at work and just stare myself in the mirror and like look at myself and just see that I'm not in the right place. And just, what are you doing here? Like ask myself these questions and really crazy. Some customers would come and just channel stuff to me. Like they would just tell me the same things that I would be thinking inside in my head. And I just knew that I I wasn't meant to be in the bank or I wasn't meant to be waitressing in restaurants, even though I loved both of those jobs. I just knew like I was meant to do something different, but I didn't know what that was. But I knew that I wanted, obviously, like I always had passion for business. This is what I took in college. I took international business because I was always fascinated by the freedom that having your own business can give you. But then I had to take accounting and I had two jobs and I was like, oh, this is not working out. If I have a business, I'm just going to hire an accountant. And I ended up dropping out. But it wasn't because I wanted to drop out. It was just very complicated um, life situation because I had to work as well. And then obviously when I went back and, you know, 
got promoted at the bank, I knew that it's not the right place for me. Even if I keep getting promoted, it's just my heart is not there. And it was great because that's the time when Alex got pretty much fired from the bank for having, I don't know if you know the story, if he told you, but <laughs> it's a funny story because, you know, he was shipping the cars from U.S. to Russia and... Nothing illegal, just because yeah. Russians involved. Doesn't mean, <laughs> I sh- I, whenever people hear cars, Russians, what was in the cars, <laughs> no, it was all legal. It was nothing. just cars. Yeah, it was just like... The, the, I've written a blog about one of the best things, I think I said this last time when we sat down, but one of the best things that ever happened to me was getting fired. So mm-hmm. I'd love to hear... Yeah, yes. for sure. Like I think uh, quickly to that story, uh, in part also of letting go. Of, I had a vision of like you know yourself, you know, watching Wall Street and mm-hmm. uh, being very inspired by finance and private equity and being a stockbroker. You know, at that time, that was the entrepreneurship of its mm-hmm. time. You know, so hundred uh, percent. You get into. I also did my you know Canadian Securities course. And, you know, I was on that path and mm-hmm. uh, where working retail during studying business in the university was just kind of my foundation that I was laying to be. And I loved uh, that environment. I loved wearing, you know, ties and suits and all that stuff. And like that, that was my jam. Like I was not thinking about entrepreneurship. So same thing. I had a certain vision. And when that day I had uh, a meeting scheduled in my calendar with corporate security, I told my boss right away, I'm, I'm like, Jen, I'm getting fired. She's like, come on, Jay, like, what are you talking about? I, and, and Jen loved me. She was our boss. She, she's the greatest. And, um, and I, was, I was a great performer, meaning even though I was in school full time, I had a business on the side. I was doing other stuff like playing basketball, you know, and dating and things like that. Um, I was still meeting my targets. So at that time, I was an account manager, you know, selling um, basic securities, mortgages, credit cards, things like that, basic account manager stuff. But still doing well. But when you are, same thing, capable of more, you're like, you just do things efficiently and then you have more free time. So you got to do something with it. So I had a, a side hustle, uh, as is popular now. And I got fired for that. I got fired for having a side hustle. And the lesson there was as well, I think, for even for organizations, even say if we would have to understand that, you know, if I right now had employees that was working on my time, I'll be pretty pissed off as well. Would I fire them? Not right away. But I understand banks don't have time for that. It is just, it's just, and that's the thing. That was the biggest lesson to me working for a corporation. Like, it was such a, to me, Mimi knows, like, mm. that was a very heartbreaking, disappointing day because my dream was crushed. My vision was crushed of, of following that path because I felt like, that's it, I'm scarred. I got fired, you know, from a... If, in Canada, there's a monopoly. There's only so many banks you can work I mean, for. you could have still followed that <laughs> yeah, path. Yeah, you, you but could. I think you realize that you were just a cog. Yeah, like you think, were just yeah, a number yeah. to that. Or, or like damaged goods. Yeah, damaged right? goods. Yeah. To a certain How degree. am I going to explain this to my next interview? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, and, the, I think these are very real fears. And you're young and you're like, oh, I already got fired. And, and, yeah, I, had that, and I had that movie moment, right? They like, put stuff in your box from your desk and you, you know, you, you get, get walked out. out by security. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. So it was just, it was a very, like, disappointing experience. Inhumane? It, not really, I wouldn't say, I guess maybe to a certain degree. But it, looking back, um, and there was that realization that they could have said, like, hey, like, this young guy has so much potential. Like, he's meeting all, he's actually, uh, you know, crushing his targets. 
and he has a business on the side, and he's in school. Like, why don't we? How do we utilize it? Maybe we need, we need to get him somewhere else where he can perform better. But you know, a lot of times corporations don't think like that. Unfortunately, so I was that really- entrepreneurial spirit. <laughs> tough to trickle down all the way through yeah so and that's why kind of to your blog post that you're saying about you know getting fired can be the best day of your life to me for sure it was i'm so grateful to be fired because it wasn't <laughs> i hope me. everyone's listening to that yes. yeah if, if it wasn't uh, for me getting fired like it wouldn't really kick start that gear into like let's give the entrepreneurship a, a go because back then i didn't think of it like because at that time, you know, going into this financial kind of route was the the kind of the way to achieve success. You know, whether it be uh, the status and, and the money and security, that was kind of the way. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I had two more years of university left. I said, for the next two years, I'm just going to give entrepreneurship a shot. And Mimi is like, and that's oh. when this when you guys were now dating. No, we're dating. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she's, we're working at the bank together. I get fired right away. Mimi's like, I'm quitting. <laughs> There's no way. I mean, I I was only there because we had a good time. We had a good group of people working together. But the moment Alex was out, I knew my time there was done. also finished. And then I said, um, you're crazy though. I'm like, come on, you, we need at least somebody to have a stable job, uh, you know, in our relationship. And he was like, no, I can't do it. And, and same thing, uh, very grateful to, um, this is why I think Canada is such a great country is that there's a, there's an amazing safety net, uh, for people. So me getting fired, I still was able to get employment insurance. Yeah. And Mimi was on contract and her contract was ending and she just kind of asked, please don't renew my contract. Uh, uh, and so she was able to be on employment, uh, kind of insurance and benefits as well. And what that allowed us to do, it brought is, us time. Yeah. It brought us time to think about our next steps and, and to work out on our side hustles. The car thing kind of didn't really work out. Um, and we were on that then we were able to get another government grant for entrepreneurship to start a business um it was called self-employment benefit and it was only available to people who actually were on employment benefits which is really neat so you're only able to apply for a business grant only if you've been unemployed which is kind of interesting i don't know if that exists uh but the reason i want to mention that is like I think those programs and those uh, social safety nets in society are so important. Mm-hmm. And I would say we're, we're definitely kind of the people who came out of that, who, who then paid back Canada then and some in regards to tax revenue. But in, even in the few years that we're entrepreneurs in Canada, we then left and paid them an exit tax and now <laughs> moved elsewhere. But at the same time, what I'm trying to say is... Um, in society we need programs like that and i can see how uh, in order to support people who are going through difficulties um can be empowering and actually giving them a second chance in regards to that thing so yeah that's the story of kind of getting fired Mm -hmm. but it was it was the best thing that happened i can relate (laughs) um one of the best things that happened to me too so um when did um when did the thought around, well, actually, I'd, I'd love maybe where you guys are at today mm-hmm. with regards to the business. And where did the idea of building wellness products, when did that come into play? And just a brief introduction. I know many of the people mm-hmm. listening um, will know you guys. 
but um, I mean, you've been wildly successful. You're built a big following, um, and you are really such good people. I'm mean, just you. getting well. Thank you. you know, we play tennis together. I'm just getting. We're just getting to know each other. But you are really just such great people, and your intentions are very pure. So, um, when did you align? Um, you know, I guess the Dharma, or when? When did you guys align your purpose mm. with creating business? And can you also just give a brief? Yeah, introduction bio kind of to everything so to many first-time entrepreneurs especially when you don't come for money we wanted to achieve financial freedom um and i think most importantly when we were setting out and what, what we both agreed on uh in terms of our vision for the life that we wanted to create is that we wanted to create freedom we weren't talking about actual like versus Numbers, like yeah. as we, when we spoke about uh, about your story uh, on our podcast it wasn't like, hey, make $100 million or make a billion dollars. It was more like, we just want freedom. <laughs> it's a way better purpose. <laughs> way better purpose. Yeah. You're much wiser than you. We thought of the lifestyle we wanted to have, and then we kind of worked, worked backwards, backwards yeah. thinking, okay, how much money do we need to have that lifestyle? And when we were early 20s, it wasn't a lot of money because we didn't even have a property. We lived with his mom, and we just wanted to travel. So we thought, okay, we need like three, $4,000 for the Canadian, two of us, we yeah. can travel to like Asia, like anywhere in the world would be so easy, you know, if we can just have that freedom of being able to work from anywhere. Yeah. So, f- and then what happened? Uh, yeah. So four- three or $4,000, I think changed quite quickly, right? <laughs> yeah. Quickly. So, uh, and the Tim Ferriss and the four hour work week was kind of that inspiration regards to lifestyle design. And of course, to our surprise as well, we started our first business, which was a beauty direct-to-consumer business. We kind of were doing direct-to-consumer before it was like the hot e-commerce thing to do. This is 2010, um, early 2010. And, and what was the name of that business? Uh, Luxie Hair. Yeah, I've, I've mentioned it to a few friends and they're like, oh, of course I know Luxie Hair. Yeah, and it still exists today. They're doing really well, especially now with, with everything that is happening in terms of e-commerce. And... It was a certain niche. It was an opportunity. Um, it was. It was. Uh, the product was hair extensions, and Mimi was just. You know, we were getting married. No money. I proposed <laughs> to Mimi when we had no money, um, and it was a. I crazy, said yes. <laughs> it was a crazy idea. We somehow. We were crazy. Yeah. We somehow pulled off a wedding in Dominican Republic. Um, in regards to think, so people now are like, oh, when did you get? Where did you get married? We're like Dominican Republic. They think we're like. Sounds fancy. Sounds fancy. <laughs> Everybody paid for themselves, and there were no gifts because. Their presence was the gift. And so we, to be there, it was yeah. just an all-inclusive, and we kind of just yeah. pulled that off. It was another hack to kind of have a, a great <laughs> wedding. And and to the, because of that wedding and because mm-hmm. of that proposal, that first idea was born because Mimi... Yeah, I was looking for hair extensions for the wedding, and I bought a pair or a set, and then I came home, I tried it on, and it just didn't look good at all. So... Alex was in the room on his laptop, maybe on Facebook, maybe, I don't know, reading Tim Ferriss' blog, sure. <laughs> you know. But this was the time when we were listening. I think this was the first audiobook I actually listened to on Audible was the 4-Hour Workweek. And we were quite impressed by all these stories and the possibilities, but we didn't have the muse yet. So didn't know what it would be. Although at the time, you know, I was working as an image consultant already, so I had my own little practice, like helping people like with, styling their wardrobes or going through their wardrobes and Alex was um, doing social media consulting for businesses so it was very different because when you have your own business but you're self-employed 
it's like you're still working for somebody you're not really a business person you're selling your time i think the yeah. biggest uh, difference that a lot of people miss early on is you're not an entrepreneur when you're selling your time you're you become an entrepreneur when you have a system that works for you and you can kind of whatever, totally. make money in your mm-hmm. sleep or exponential or whatever other ways that's a that's a big thing to learn and understand but anyways i tried on these extensions it was really bad quality thank god because that's why the whole inspired business the was inspired and i was complaining to my sister who happened to be in the room and alex just listened to the whole conversation and he said what are clip and hair extensions i've never heard of this and he had the laptop there so i showed him some videos and it's such a transformational product like the moment you put it into the woman's hair or anybody's hair like it, it just transforms the person <laughs> well we do have some male we did have some male customers and it was just amazing, amazing transformation and exciting product that could make such a huge difference. And then Alex being right there in that room with my sister and I, we were looking for the muse. She was kind of looking for an opportunity. She just quit her job or was thinking about quitting she, her job. She quit and she was literally on the brink of bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were running out of money ourselves, but we had more runway than she did. Um, I, and it was literally when you're pushed to the edge and this was our hail mary i said hey we're gonna kind of put all the money we have and there's a line of credit credit cards we got literally uh, a check you know you you don't get them here in the uk but in, i know in us and canada you know like six months interest free for your uh, credit and card you like balance, 20%. Right? And i said me we have six months to make money <laughs> and we probably pulled you know ten thousand out of there ten thousand out of line of credits kind of put put it together and we started that first business which then in the first year generated over a million dollars um so it was we went way wow. past our goal of you know three thousand three thousand for <laughs> just two of us but to answer your question brian um that first year also showed us that what's important to us since we're going to do this whatever business is to be aligned with our values and do a business that actually makes us feel like we want to get out of bed in the morning and this is really what we want to do with our lives because when we achieve money so quickly at least to me it hit me right away where I went from like having this vision board with all these things literally that I could have in a year mm. and material things. Yeah. Mater- mostly yeah. material, right? Yeah. yeah. Some not, but again, right. I, I had the other things too, which was amazing. Like I yeah. was married and like I was with the love of my life and then As you're pointing to I could us, travel yes. right. anywhere. I could right. buy that Chanel bag. I could right. like do all these things and I could travel, which was a huge dream before. But mm. now I realized I didn't want to anymore because I felt like I I didn't like it's almost like this whole thing opened up when I we became financially free for the first time in our lives because both of us come from very humble beginnings like my parents have very little we always live very frugally and then you know we make a million dollars and obviously like who knows what's going to happen the next year but Mimi thought I I still as a a a male I needed a few years to kind of get me to that Point. Yeah, it took uh, you probably getting the dream car and having a certain amount on the bank. But for me, I just knew like, I just knew right away <laughs> that if we can do one, we can do like any number. For some reason, I just knew that we can do this. And so, sorry, yeah, and then I got really depressed. 
like mm. really, really depressed. Like this whole existentialism hit me really hard in the first year of the business, which was very inconvenient, but We're also like was very... Month three. Uh, like and we we already kind of, living the four hour work we, we week, booked like we booked that trip before we even made any money and we're like hey we're gonna go to South France September for the whole month and it was still frugal like we got this amazing kick ass sea view apartment for like seven hundred euros a month on, on couch, couch surfing. surfing yeah yeah it was actually re- the best deal I've ever got in my life uh, in South France yeah <laughs> yeah it was great we'd walk everywhere and we and that's what we, we discovered that whole coast and, and love it. Uh, but then already Mimi would start. Yeah, I had a lot of questions about what I was here for, like as a human being. Like, How old were you at the time? 24. Yeah, yeah which like yeah. the year we got married, basically. And what amazing self-reflection, though, at 24. Amazing, but so difficult at the time. I yeah. thought it was the end of the world. Like, I literally didn't know if I could get out of that black hole. Like, mm-hmm. I have never, I'm a very positive, happy person. Mm-hmm. And I was depressed for the first time to the point where I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to be with anybody. I didn't want to... What what caused all that um, on reflection? The realization that everything that I was sold, like all these ideas and perceptions I had of myself of what would make me happy, actually is not what makes me happy. So then I had this whole identity crisis where I was like, so who am I? What am I here for? What makes me happy? Like I had all these questions and it did take me about you know, a year and a half, two years to figure it out. Lots of meditation. I went to like um, Vipassana. I don't know if you've ever heard, but it's this, they have them all over the world. You go there, you meditate for free. You don't pay. If you finish the course, it's 10 days silent meditation retreat. Then you can donate the money. And that's how basically it grows. It's not a religion. It's not a cult. You just learn basic like Buddhist meditation. Breathing. So just and breathing, yeah, basically. it's you just learn to work with your breath and sensation. It's not like um, TM where you're imagining something or Mantras. you're reciting a mantra. This is very much working with the reality of your breath and your sensations. And I really love that. Ten and days, pretty hard. I still, I'm still a bit. Yeah, he still uh, hasn't on, gone on silence. Mm-hmm. Silence. No, silence. No, no books. No, no talking. Writing, no reading. Nothing, yeah. No. One of my life coaches, and I, I think, sorry, excuse me, Zach, but it was like I think it thirty days. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, he's, I might get that, but it was, it was a long time. I mean, I, I can't even imagine yeah. 10. No, Vipassana, really in Vipassana, too. you can do 30 if you've done a few 10. Got so it. you can like I graduate to done. that. Yeah. I think you can even do 60. Yeah. You've um, all know Harari does 60 days a year. You know, the author Silent. of Sapiens? Yeah. yeah. So he goes and That's how he year. gets Sapiens. <laughs> he says like, this is the books. most important thing. Like, it's the first thing he books every year. Um, it truly saved my life, I have to say, because... I was just in a very dark place emotionally. And also, when you get in a relationship, another thing that happens, which didn't make sense at the time, because on paper, everything was perfect, all these emotional traumas from childhood that were stored in the body started coming to the surface. Mm. Why? Because for the first time in my life, I felt safe because I was in a relationship with somebody who fully loved me, accepted me, was there for me. But it didn't make sense at the time. I was like, why am I going crazy? Why are all these things happening? And I'm feeling so lost when, like, on paper, my life is perfect. Mm. And I would also, as a partner as well, I would also be like, what the hell is going on? You know, like, we have so many things to be grateful for. And this is partly also why 5-Minute Journal was was born out of that struggle. Okay, so let's get get there. So 
So you created the hair mm-hmm. product. Yeah. And would you say what I heard earlier, you said yeah. the way it made someone feel yeah. is what really drove you. Absolutely. All of a sudden, yeah. mostly women felt so something like a mermaid or like this um, you know this princess Ariel from, you know? <laughs> uh, from Little exactly. Mermaid or- because some women um, are not able to grow their hair that long and the feeling that you get I mean you guys probably couldn't relate but it's just like a crazy feeling and the, the way people look at you it's just a really cool I always looked at it like a prop a costume you can wear accessory. on a night out right. like an accessory that you wear and just makes you feel completely different and so that similar to a, a red lipstick. Right. So yeah, I still, as I was going through that dark period of my life, I still saw the purpose of what we were doing and what we were delivering. Also because the hair was real natural human hair. It wasn't like plastic because lots of hair extensions are made out of synthetic materials. So it was like, it, it felt good because we're taking hair that people cut off their heads. So we're not, um, we weren't getting hair from, you know, some of these temples where people donate the hair. Like, there, with hair extensions, there's lots of gray areas, but we knew the sources. And in a way, we were just taking this raw material that is created by humans and selling it to other humans who wanted to have this... Um, experience. It's an exchange. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that experience. So I felt good about that. And then I and felt... And it's like a commodity. Yeah. Like, the way it fluctuates in regards to price and things like that. It's, yeah, it's, supply like, demand. it's like oil. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. It's, it's a huge, like, multi-billion dollar industry, too, which mm-hmm. is, you know, a lot of people... And that's another lesson is that, uh, to know, a, there's a lot of industries that... Yeah, huge. niches are totally. just massive. You didn't, you didn't even know about them. I, I think to the point of getting to the wellness and intelligent change and, and really getting to that point, I think most importantly realizing that for ourselves, a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of people can get in a cycle of uh, keep setting higher targets of like, okay, I made a million, maybe I need to make 10. I made 10, maybe it's 100, maybe it's a billion, you know, and then I'll get this. Or it's this house, maybe it's this house here, or maybe I should be in London. And then when I'm in the big leagues in New York or whatever, you start kind of creating all these things or Bentley, or maybe it's a Rolls Royce. I mean, oh, and I private jet, I oh, a yacht. And you kind of, so people can get really caught up in a lot of materialism in terms of maybe get, making them happy. So for us, the realization for us right away learned, because like I said, once those things became attainable and going back to the idea of the authenticity and truth, really asking yourself like, okay, once you have those things, you know, we can, you, you have experience, you know, we're on this table, like you can buy yourself a fancy watch, you can buy yourself a Ferrari, but does it really make Do a you difference? you need to buy it like, also to know that it's going to make you feel a certain yeah. way? Like, I could feel a certain way knowing that it's not. Like, I think that was a great blessing because then I had to do a lot of self-reflection and figure out what it is that makes me happy and then just focus solely on that because ultimately you have time on this planet and nobody knows how much time you have. And it's how you spend every single day that matters it's almost like every single day is like a life like a mini life and it truly like changed the way i started looking at my life and every moment to moment experience and it was that and how did you support sorry how did you support her through this or were you were you going through your own challenge oh. as well or is it just because i think it's important to of course. Yeah. for me you know just for me to learn <laughs> so she's now second time around you know just 
It was hard. Australian, I, yeah. So I'll say, here's the thing. I was kind of trying to note that earlier. I didn't understand it. I was like... At first. Because you were pretty happy or you were pretty, you know... And I think happiness is a feeling. I, I'm more trying to achieve peace now, but that's the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say it's not happy. I think it's just more understanding how, in terms of lucky and blessed we were in regards to where we come from and in the position where we are able to do this. So you were able to really... Um, be in a place of gratitude or appreciation well I, I it comes from i think for me it's for me a big part of my life was also achieving this financial freedom however at that time when she was going through her stuff i was like it's still early like come on we're not like we're not like f you money rich you know we're just we were just we we were making some money but it's i still at that point i'm more like skeptical skeptical and gross like okay like there's taxes right yeah there's what's there's, the net net there's yeah. what's the net like you especially in the first years you're reinvesting into the business like you're not really netting dividends in the first few years and of course we're already for us when you are used to living on you know especially in those two years previous we'd be living on fourteen hundred dollars a month and and that was great you know that was actually like it was pretty great 1400 1400 we were making 2800 we, we were happy you know, we were not like complaining and starving like we're, we're doing well so when you come from making 2800 together to now making you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars you're like whoa like this is all i need you really don't need much in regards to like having a good life and but i still knew that i haven't achieved that freedom freedom so for me it was buy my dream car, having seven figures in the bank account and kind of having that uh, track record of the business growing year over year. Cause then we went from like one to three to five, you know, it's like, and we had really kind of good margins and profitability. So we had a really good cash flow, and it was just like, we had two, three employees. Like it was, it was a good no investors. Like we no, just, it was a, it, no, we it was a, it was a good yeah. business. And at that point, in regards to that move to intelligent change, um, in the first year or two, I was approached by uh, UJ, who became my best friend. And I didn't know him at that time. And he just was looking to create a lifestyle business. And he said, I want a lifestyle business. And I already told him then, don't create a business just because you want money or the lifestyle. Because after a while, the lifestyle, you can get sick of it pretty actually quickly. So you need to think of something that you need to be doing that brings you purpose and meaning for the long term and that's what you need to focus on so let's think about what is it in your life that you do that you deeply care about and at that point he would you know he was in his early 20s he would you know journal for an hour to two hours a day he would meditate he would be into self-development all this stuff and i was as well but not that intense because i still had a business and i had a wife and you know other responsibilities were while he at that time didn't have much of those However, he was just really into that world. And we really got into that. And that's how we really came up with the idea of the five-minute journal and the first product because all these things that were Mimi was going through that I started to go through. And he would journal and say, hey, this journaling thing is great. I'm like, okay, but great, but I'm not going to journal for one to two hours a day. Mm. So I just <laughs> not don't... Sustainable. I just, that's not a sustainable... You're playing or, a bit on convenience. Yeah, and I was or, thinking... Yeah. Yeah, it's like, so 80-20, what's the how can I do the thing that takes 
percent amount of effort to get 80 percent results that's right. kind of our whole uh you know hack model. Uh, yeah. model to business to uh, everything there's the laziness factor i'm just kidding yeah no <laughs> but even the smart no but even bill gates one of his things that he says is like if you want to figure out a problem give it to the laziest person because they're gonna figure it out what's yeah. the most efficient way to, to do it uh versus like uh, the most smartest w- uh, way to do it sometimes you just got to get it done totally <laughs> and that's why i think a lot of times people overcomplicate things and that's what i see now is that it's not really about being the smartest the thing like the wisest or, you know the most clever it's really about somebody about just going out there executing you know still doing well but it a lot of the part is goes in the actual execution and going out there and doing it so yeah. with intelligent change it really just was born out of that idea of helping a friend out and then i said hey um i really like because the idea came of reading the book sean aker called happiness advantage and he breaks down um he's an ex-harvard student also he was a tutor there on, on the happiness course and he mm-hmm. compiled all this research in regards to happiness and well-being and it really comes down to you know these several several factors of and they had all these studies and i said we'd be discussing this book and i said yes this is a great book however reality is most people don't read these books on how to improve themselves and most people even who read it don't finish it or buy these books and even the small percentage of people who maybe even finish this book called happiness advantage and close it and say wow this is great i should you know practice gratitude in my life every day because that's going to make me that has proven to help me to be more you know well-being happiness experience all these positive emotions people don't Mm. however at the core everybody wants to change and have a positive change in their lives and live better lives period every human wants to be happy every human wants to have a a good relationship you know uh, that's at the core of i think humanity we all want a better life and so there we're just like i said one practice that has changed my life was practicing gratitude every day so as soon as i wake up one thing that i'm grateful for and it took me time to create that habit and what i knew is the way you and at that point i understood especially the way you change your life is through your mindset and through the habits and the things you do on a daily basis totally and once you are able to make that difference and if we're able to create a tool that is kind of like a toothbrush for your mind meaning something you do first thing in the morning and last thing at night that only takes you you know <laughs> five minutes a day um love will, that toothbrush it, for your mind yeah it will it really, really you know you you know you brush your teeth every morning night you floss hopefully at, one, <laughs> at least one time a day you take a shower um why do you do that you know it's not like you're like Okay, I already took a shower yesterday. Like, I don't need one, you know, for the next two weeks. We do, or brushing your teeth. We do these things because we have to keep up our mental, our, not our mental, our hygiene, hygiene overall. Yeah. But we need, I thought, we need to do the same thing for our with our minds. Because most of the time, the things that we as humans do, you know, what do we, especially now, I think in the times that we're living in, it is toxic. Social media is toxic. News is toxic. TV is toxic. Oh, yes, nonstop. It's because... Uh, the media has uh, has, very overwhelming yeah the media has has learned that the way to uh, get people's attention is to grab them with these sensational news it doesn't actually reflect the reality that people experience them but the but what is now happening we're we're actually the reality that's being created is through all this kind of history of of 
telling people all the time that this side is bad, this is good, you know, and it's, it's it creates a lot of anxiety and depression all across the the whole world. So we even for ourselves even that early just realized we want to have a tool that is a grounding tool for your for most importantly for us to be honest. Like I was not we're not designing hey we're gonna sell millions of these. It was more like let's print a thousand. Most importantly for my friend I said because uh, he wanted to learn how to have a lifestyle business. I said and I, I'm operationally it's not what I like to do. I said you'll be the operations kind of person to execute all this. I'll. I'll kind of we'll put together the design, the product, the marketing because that's what we specialize in, and we'll put this out. And if it fails, we both win because you learn how to create a lifestyle business. You'll know how to set up fulfillment, how to import, how to create a product, all that stuff. And I get a product that I can use every day, <laughs> and and then I can give to my friends and family and whatever. You have a thousand units. I'll I'll have them give give it out to gifts. It will be a thoughtful gift. And kind of the rest is history with that company. How many sold later? So we're now approaching, we're probably going to move with that a million units uh, d- uh, to date this year. And this is all organic, word of mouth. We're not, we're not like, we didn't spend, I, I don't think much on, on advertising or anything like that. And it's also, it's self-published. So, you know, obviously there's more margin uh, for us and all this too. And, um, uh, and this is talking about why I communicate to that. That means that there's no... Uh, broad distribution for this product it's mostly moved to like it's kind of you know the same way uh, rappers would sell mixtapes so <laughs> like the, the five minute journals in a way it's like it's like a mixtape mix of, of, of a icon mixtape of a publishing product that we've created and I think the most impre- amazing thing that I'm really proud of even is, is like there's a lot of copycats I'm actually ex- I actually am happy about that because I know that there's other businesses that have also sold millions of units, things like that. We're one of the earlier guided journaling products that existed on the marketplace. And we've inspired a lot of other people to go out and do the same and, and, and inherently help other people. Uh, and when we created this product in a way, it's like, you know, if someone heard the strategy like red ocean, blue ocean, we created this whole blue ocean of, opportunity of this whole new market that existing so we're really this is just the beginning we were kind of even with intelligent change i'll say being not that uh aggressive in regards to same thing promoting or trying to sell it even to date we still have pretty much two three products that we've had for years and now we've recently bought out my business partner because we just had different uh, visions for the future and we're excited to now fully realize the vision for intelligent change but most importantly which is what uh, it's really to help people change their lives for the better as in we, every area it, of their lives in every areas of their lives i think through products like mm-hmm. through products like, like positive the, tools yeah. like practical tools easy um daily rituals or routines that they can use every day but simple as well because people are overwhelmed with information right now and the least thing they need is more of that more so it has to be something yeah. like five minute journal you know i think the, the thing that I, to communicate to that and to mimi said is tools if you look at us as humanity the reason we've excelled is because we were able to use tools in our lives and our technology to enable us to do things that other animals can't 
and let's get it straight like i think we're just another monkey like we're, we're just we're, monkeys. yeah we're just you know we're, we have certain things but our our kind of special unique ability is being able to tell stories um, and also being able to ha- use tools that are enable us to do things that we we're much stronger when we have tools we're, we're much more smarter when we have certain tools and that's what as an intelligent change at the core we want to create is how do we create these tools that can be by your side in whatever way to help you uh, kind of become the person that you never thought you were capable of yeah, I, I, I feel as I hear that and as I think about the feelings that I've gotten as I've used 5-Minute Journal, because as I've told you guys, I was given it by two people that care about me a lot, which was an amazing gift. I need to use it more, so I've got some tips from you guys tonight on how to use it more, and that's keep it at the bedside table. So that's the with secret. A to, with a pen. So buy the 5-Minute Journal um, and keep it on your bedside table with a pen. But But the... What I hear, what I hear you say, uh, I think is the feelings I've gotten is is tools to help us become more conscious um, and rest the mind and try to find a place of peace within just our our one self. This is outside being a wonderful mm-hmm. couple, but just trying to find that bridge to consciousness because. It's hard and it's hard. I think it's harder now than ever to find consciousness. At least I've found, I've found that, but tools like this, um, starting your day and ending your day with gratitude, but also putting intention out in the day, it sounds so simple, but it's hard. So I, 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 I felt that. Mm -hmm. And I think Mimi, to your point, Mm -hmm. Daily disciplines is the other thing I've learned is the only way to achieve mm-hmm. new habits or get to new habits that are probably better because you're learning from older ones that probably served you at a time, but now aren't serving where you hopefully want to go. It's daily mm-hmm. and there is no other solution. You know, it's try, refine mm-hmm. a new habit and, and, but, but stick to it. And, and I, I, I am so um, I admire what you guys have done at such a young age in creating products that align more with Dharma. And I think one thing was, um, it's, it's, it's hair extensions, but to hear why hair extensions, cause I, I thought, okay, well maybe it's a great business and a big market and good margins. But like, no, you wanted to empower women, mostly some, some men mm. to, to feel maybe more confident or sexy or, mm-hmm. or whatever it was in a moment in time. But it's now led you guys to, to building, these incredible products. So, and to add to that point yeah. in regards to the, in the hair business, it was also because the way we that business grew was through the YouTube channel. So Mimi and her sister, uh, you know, in the early days, and then after would create videos, and they've you know created more than hundreds, hundreds of videos, over three hundred videos. You know, there's and wow. those and those videos have you know I think and not being close to like over- qualified like I'm not a hair stylist or I don't have any qualifications but it just shows just like when out. you have a will you have yeah. a way and you figure it out and you have fun along the way like for me was what was always and still is very important is that I enjoy what I do because that's your life like if you don't enjoy it ask yourself why are you doing it it's so simple but it's so true like, why are you doing it? Day to day. Really, yeah. And, and, and this, these horrible times that a lot of people face this year, it's so much pain. And I feel it a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, as an as a emotional Pisces, I really feel mm-hmm. this pain. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it is such an opportunity. Oh, massive. I think, right. I think more than ever, 2020 is don't waste this opportunity. Same Mm -hmm. thing. Like I say, us getting fired. Those are, and a lot of people are getting laid off right now is it's, it's a shakeup and this is the time to reexamine and step out of, um, in a way victimhood as well because it can be easy to play a victim in this stage and the reason i say this is because as you you if you're still here in this podcast you you heard us talk about th- these stories of ours of where we come from and uh, changing your mindset especially when it's difficult to actually force yourself to a certain way to be grateful and look for things to be grateful for when life is challenging it can be truly transformational because that's how you actually are able to get out of those challenging times. Mm-hmm. Because if you keep just focusing on simply all the bad is happening in your life and around, around the world, you get into that whole dark zone. And this is why the product, you know, works. And like I said, you don't even have to buy, you can do it yourself in, in a plain notebook. Um, the most important thing is just you just do it and mm-hmm. we just design it a way just that you, at least you you commit, you start doing it and you kind of do these questions. We give you a certain, you know, a platform to be able to express. And especially now, it's important to have a routine that enables you to focus on the good, focus on the good things that happen, uh, focus on the, the things that you're grateful for in your life and, and focus on uh, the intention you may say for yourself and also focus on the affirmation. Who do you want to show up as? Who do you envision yourself as? Who are you? Uh, and to empower of, to make that statement of I am. Mm. Who are you? Because a lot of, uh, a lot of us struggle with that idea of, and, and I think you've been, you know, with met a lot of successful people. We've also you know, been in a lot of successful circles one thing that I can confidently say is that people at the top, they're no more special than any other people. The biggest difference in them is that they believe in themselves and they have the vision for themselves in regards to who they are. Mm. To a certain degree, there's there's certain kind of different ways they can communicate that, but they just believe that they're they're capable of it. And there's so many incredible, awesome people out there in the world who just simply don't believe. And you shouldn't have that expectation like, well, that's the way I am. It's the same way like going to the gym and training. You have to train your, yourself as well in your mindset uh, to enable you to have that glow, to have that belief, to have the possibility that, yes, uh, I can attract that person in my life or I can uh, attract this business or this business partner in my life. Um, and that's how I really believe these once you raise your vibrations, and uh, as well, there's a great book. Um, I think it's in Letting Go with Richard, Richard Dawkins mm-hmm. or Power Versus Force. No, it's uh, Letting Go. Yeah, where have you read it no. or listened to no. it? It's no. amazing. Letting Go. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Well, he there speaks about. Well, he talks about every emotion and at which frequency it vibrates. So fear, well, apathy, I think, is at the very bottom. It's like. I don't know, Negative. 10 or no, it's at zero or 10. And then fear, um, you know, like anxiety, all these things. And then courage is kind of that breakthrough into Neutral. the positive. So at the level of courage, like people start businesses or start relationships. Mm. And then, you know, love and all these other pieces. Gratitude. Uh, gratitude. Empathy, I'm sure. Yeah. And um, it's, 
incredible that you you are in control. You are able through these daily practices or what you surround yourself with, you can change your frequency. And when you change your frequency, you change your life. Like gratitude essentially is the biggest wealth because you can have everything in life, materially, physically, but if you're not grateful, you have nothing. And some people don't have much, but they're grateful and they're the wealthiest people. And it's one thing to understand it with your mind, but if you practice it, you will feel it with your heart. And that's why practice is so important. And that's the so. thing, uh, just as we wrap up this, the thing to know uh, when you do these kind of exercises like you know, gratitude, it can seem like, really? Like this is what you guys are saying? It's like, be grateful. Uh, okay, I tried that for a few days, didn't really work. And as what Mimi is trying to communicate is that when you do it consistently and over time and you commit yourself to doing this, and that's why I always say, if you we have this guarantee on our website too, uh, six months, so write one five-minute journal, six months. If you do one full five-minute journal and you actually do it, and you do it as we kind of pass it down there in our instructions, and most importantly, when you're putting down things that you're grateful for, that you're not just writing, that you're also actually you're feeling, through them. feeling through it, you're appreciating, you're pausing, and you're like, wow, you know? And you may not, it not, may not feel genuine <laughs> the, the first days, weeks, months of doing it. However, I believe as we've experienced ourselves too, there's a moment of breakthrough when you're just walking down the street and you're just like... <laughs> All you think is gratitude. And just, like, oh and, my God, life start, is so amazing. <laughs> and, it's really crazy. And, then, and, your well, and maybe, you start noticing too that in your vocabulary... You, you, you use gratitude all the time. I'm grateful, I'm grateful. It's like, it's, a, it's a pretty much the word we use like probably not a hundred times, but you know, all throughout the day hmm. because that's how we feel. And what happens with then with gratitude, hmm. it has this force and this is how we've also kind of built our businesses. We always believe in delivering value to others. And the way you also in a way deliver values is with thanks um like a lot of us don't understand even in regards to the language and why do we say then thank you after somebody does something for us in regards to it's like relinquishing debt you know somebody's done for us and you kind of uh, uh say oh thank you so you kind of kind of close that loop but with uh gratitude and appreciation it's there's this other as mimi said uh, energetic force that is there because even in life, when you put out stuff out there, it's even yourself or people in your life, and they're grateful for you and they're appreciative to you. You want to do, do more. Yeah, yeah. do you want to do more <laughs> or less for those people? More. Yeah. Or, but let's say you, you know, take some friends for vacation. They're super excited. They're like, oh my God, this was the best holiday ever. Thank you so much, Brian. Like, your thoughtfulness was really amazing. Versus you take somebody and they're like, oh, this is not right. I can't believe, like, uh, this wine is so cheap or uh, like whatever and they're just complaining the whole time are you gonna take them again no. no training and and the life and universe in a certain way whatever you want to call it works the same and that's what people understand once you start vibrating and and being more grateful life wants to give you more they want to present you more opportunities you, and you start noticing these things and kind of figuring it out and in in the way to kind of summarize all of this is that one thing if there's you know if you're still here in this podcast you're listening one thing that you can do that doesn't cost anything you don't have to buy the five-minute journal you don't have to do anything 
is simply today, right now, and going forward in the morning. As soon as you wake up, think of one thing that you're grateful for. That's it. And that simple habit changed my life, enabled me to meet you know, the love of my life, to have this amazing relationship, to also meet great people like yourself and, and other, is simply by focusing, as soon as I wake up, on one thing that I'm grateful for. And that just kicks off my day to a whole new thing. And yeah, it doesn't mean you're always happy, you're always, things are always working out, but you always have that thing to kind of go back on to understand is like, even when times are tough and they will get tough, to just remind yourself, what can I be uh, kind of thankful or grateful in this moment? And there's always something that you will be able to turn out. And the, the thing is, as they say, I think Tony Robbins said that, is that when you're grateful, you can't be fear. You can't experience fear. Those things don't, mm-hmm. cold, they can't. That's the opposite a very of each key other. Point. Yeah. So That's a very key yeah. point. Say it one more time. Yeah, when you're grateful, you can't be fearful. Like those things don't work. You can try it, attempt it. <laughs> and this is a hack I do sometimes when I feel anxious. Um, I'll just stop myself and I'll just think to myself in that moment what I could be grateful for, like one or two or even three things, depending on what is going on in my life. Yeah, and right the moment I start going to like all the good things, the fear just disappears. Mm. It truly works every single time. So just another hack. And even people. to our daughter, like, wh- wh- what do you say to Alexa as well as one of the you kind mean of before, the, the affirmation and the self-talk? Well, we've been practicing gratitude since she was a baby. And it's incredible to see her like now before sleep, sometimes she, as she will drift away to sleep, she'll say things like, I'm grateful for my bed. I'm grateful Aww. for my carpet. I'm grateful for my window. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a well, strong believer in affirmation. Well, even the ones like, yeah, when I'm she, safe. Yeah, when she, sometimes she'll call me because now she's becoming more aware of everything. And, you know, all kids go through this period of time where they're scared of the dark or God knows. Mm. So I always tell her, like, when you're scared, just say, I'm safe. All is well. And it always calms her down. So now she, she'll call me at night and she'll be like, what, what do I need to say again? I'm like, I'm safe all as well. And she'll repeat it to herself and, you know, drift back to sleep. So it's quite powerful. Mm. And this is a tool that whether gratitude or affirmations, we can mindfully and intentionally use at any point in our lives. It's out there, you know. But it, what, I'm, what I'm hearing is mm. so much about um, like, putting our hands up or putting our walls up against all this noise and just taking control back into mm. our own mind. Absolutely. Like we have the choice. I mean, you're mentioning animals and I, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I do think some animals are more conscious than others. Probably of course, yeah. I feel yeah. that uh, I should say probably all are, but some of the smaller yeah. ones seem to be maybe a little bit less. Um, <laughs> but us as humans, you know, we, we, we have the ability of, of consciousness in this, in this gift. And that also gives us the choice as to how we approach. Um, I mean, I used to be so afraid of the dark, so afraid of the dark. Me too. Yeah. And it's gone way better with time, but you know, yeah, just a simple mantra of I'm safe. Cause we have that ability to, to mm-hmm. make that choice. Mm-hmm. I do want to wrap up too. Cause I'm, it's almost 11 o'clock here <laughs> in London and you've got a lovely young daughter that's sleeping, but, um, <laughs> I, I just want just a couple questions. So, uh, and this is more selfish because of my um, um, admiration and curiosity around your professional and personal mm-hmm. 
relationship. How do you turn on and off or is there an on and off switch for you, for the two of you? And does it kind of evolve or is it just kind of like this is life and we're on? Mm -hmm. I'd say more the second this is life and (laughs) we're always kind of intersecting life and business. And again, the vision, because we choose to do something that we love that doesn't feel like work ever. I mean, we're here at 11, you know, like last time you were over, Mm. we were recording quite late and none of it is really work. It's just what we do for our life. And yeah, it, it, it just feels really awkward if we have to like tell each other, okay, we're going to go on a date, but we can't talk about work because it doesn't feel like work. This is what we do and we'll love it. So yeah, I feel Thank like you. that's always been. The yeah, case. no, I, I'm totally with there. I think it is, it's about, it's a lifestyle. And uh, most importantly, as the famous saying goes, uh, you know, create a life that you don't want a vacation from. Um, in a way, <laughs> you're always there. And I think the same thing for us is that it's not like that we're always in a vacation state or blissful or it's uh, effortless. However, most of the time, it, it is that way. There is that line. And I think a lot of the times even now, we have to, in a way, fight the resistance of the force of how things are done in regards to work or living or relationship have to be done and question those things of but how does it for you what's mm-hmm. important to you um and that also can come between regards to let's say even make more money or doing other stuff um okay but what's the point of that like what do you yeah what's the sacrifice yeah. you know, and because there's always a sacrifice yeah uh, for- absolutely so and the same thing in relationship is, is the same thing and yeah uh, we're I think that's a great thing about you can gain in a, in a and I think you should look for in a partner um, is that it's somebody that Mimi and I always speak and talk through a lot of these things together um, and we're kind of our own you know confidants and and just kind of have that friend that that always hears you out and most importantly is somebody that you can be fully yourself with. And they accept you for who you are and that you don't have to put up a front. Because I can't imagine if like it can be so exhausting uh, to be around somebody and you're like, you have to maybe put up a certain way or if they're like, you know, because one of the other things is that people say opposites attract, right? But it's not like opposite personalities. I think you still have to be in a relationship. Like if uh, like we're, me and I are both extroverts. Uh, we love people. We like to go out. We like hosting people. We like traveling. traveling. We like adventure. I can't like, and we. I know people like that in our lives. Imagine like if I was not adventurous. I mean, me likes adventure, and I like going out and ha- having people over. And she just doesn't like people at all. I know <laughs> these relationships, and it can be very challenging mm-hmm. because in a certain way you have to make Suppress yourself, a, yourself a, a certain mm-hmm. a different person. So that's why. So, but in regards to opposites, and that's a whole different part to podcast we can have because we're already over. <laughs> but it's it's more of that uh, uh, masculine, feminine energy polarity that exists in regards to mm-hmm. how um, male and female sexes interact, but also energies between each other interact. Uh, but like I said, that's a whole different thing. But definitely, still have a partner that you have a lot of um, similarities on, and most importantly. 
where your values for life match up. So I think if I would summarize anything in regards to looking for a partner in relationships, it's values and vision of the future together. Same thing if, if, if your partner just wants to have a regular suburban life and doesn't care to live in a big city like London and you know be around big ideas or when things are happening and you just want to have a quiet life, well, it might be tough for you guys. You know, <laughs> to turn th- things or like being more nomadic or you know getting up and going. We're really grateful as well for a child. You know, you never know. You can, we can see that our daughter is very similar to us. Meaning, she loves people. She loves going out. She loves traveling. Yeah, if we she tell loves her airplanes. tomorrow we're getting on an airplane, she'd be like, "Yes, let's go." <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing because again, not every human being likes adventure. Not every human being likes changing environments often, and you know. Just everybody's different. That's the beauty of us humans, right? But when you're aligned in a relationship, that's when magic happens. And have those difficult, so have yeah. those difficult conversations in relationship of understanding like what are you signing up for? How do you envision a future? You know, how do you envision being a parent? Like, what does that look like to you? How do you envision being in a relationship or being married? You know, everyone has different realities, and, and that's not to say what's right and wrong. I think we have to. Uh, see the reality for i you know i have friends who are like playboys and and they're like and they're actually uh they're honest they're authentic and you i actually respect them because they're like this is who i am if they're being honest and authentic with uh the woman they meet and they upfront like this is who i am it's their fault if they're trying to make them who they're not they they were straight up and saying like this is my lifestyle right and you're yeah, buying, and then they can make their decision yeah and you're There's buying no, it, yeah. into that lifestyle where we're here it's like we have more, I'll say, this commitment and we're into this thing, but we're, we're both into this. And I think that's the thing is really deciding for yourself individually of the life that you want to create. And, and as here, uh, the, the beauty that we both appreciate and, and our relationship is, is really beyond this, having a partner on our human kind of experience and journey and having somebody to share with. Because I think in everything you... Uh, your experience magnifies when you're able to share with others, whether your friends or your family. We, we, you know, we have pleasure. We love inviting our friends and family whenever we vacation. You know, most of the time we we fund all that stuff too, and but we we never feel like oh my god, we're, we're, no, we're doing that because it's actually it amplifies it's doing us experience. a favor. We're we're <laughs> amplifying our own experience by able to you know it's not to just sure. to just stay say in a villa just by ourselves. Like it's not that cool like we probably wouldn't stay in the villa if it was just us two and our daughter it's just too much but if we can bring friends and family along well it makes it a lot more fun and same thing with with life and a partner and relationship is that it can magnify a lot of your experience a simple example of that is how important it is to uh kind of share your experience when we were you know we we're speaking before about diets and kind of uh eating we're in italy and we were on a very strict we don't do this now, but we're kind of on a very strict eating regime of like gluten, sugar-free and dairy free, uh, dairy free. And we're Capri. And it's my favorite gelato spot in Capri called Buon Ancora. Did you go there? I told Daniel Daggers to go there, take you there. Is it the fresh cones? There was a few of those that like, they just drew you in from the, uh, from the waffle smell. It's just ridiculous. So there's one Capri, one Accorde. It's like my favorite. Is it, is it right? Is it right close to the square? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, Like right around the corner. Line line up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, through my, uh, (laughs) 
again, for another podcast, my gut issues, but uh, no, I couldn't have one, but Daniel had a few. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah. So, so at that moment, Mimi's like, I'm not having one. I'm like, this is where I'm cheating. I'm having gelato. And she said, okay, you can have it, but you can't share and uh, like express how good it is. So you can have your ice cream. <laughs> Torture. But just be quiet. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear. I'm like, okay, fine. So I get it. And I finish the ice cream and I don't express myself. I don't share my emotions or how I feel. And she's like, how was it? I'm like, mm, it wasn't as good. Right? Because I couldn't share. And this just goes to say, it's like that you can magnify your experience in life if you're able to express and share your... Everything is better like, when yeah. shared. It's a great point. And we always actually say that even we teach even our daughter... Because, you know, kids don't want to share sometimes. But like, hey, when you share, it tastes better. <laughs> it's like, here, I'll share it with you. <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, it is almost 11 o'clock. Thank you. Um, Thank you. For doing this. And um, I'm going to take these lessons for the five-minute journal so I can be more disciplined at it. Uh, I'm going to put it on my bedside table with a pen. Yes. And I've got maybe four months left. Perfect. That's maybe four months left. So Okay, we'll supply you <laughs> with some yeah. more. Thank you. Thank you. We got a direct source now. <laughs> yes. Great. Awesome. Thanks so Perfect. much for Thanks having Thanks so much, Brian. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for listening to Building Business and Balance with me, Brian Pacebrega. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and the wisdom of the guests I'm privileged to have met and worked with around the world. Subscribe to my series on iTunes for real, raw, and diverse discussions with thought leaders and pioneers on building business, balance, and defining your own success. Tune in next time for episode seven featuring Steven Eisen, the humble and gracious founder of Loci. Until then, stay curious, my friends.